0: This is Season 4 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn.
1: This week on the show, we'll wrap up Season 4 with one of the first topics that we ever covered. Expressions. And we'll also take you down the old garden path.
0: Plus one last mailbag for the season and news from around the world. Totally Useless Information it's everything you never needed to know welcome to episode number 22 the end of season four where do expressions come from we want to know right now one of the first ones like we said that was like one of the original topics that we had now we have all kinds of stuff because that's how we basically started
1: joking around about totally useless information was nick and i would always say things like where did this saying come from where did that saying come from Yeah.
0: There you go. We were grasping at straws, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Grasping at straws. The etymology of this phrase comes originally from Thomas More in his work. Did you say the etymology? The etymology. The origins. The origins of the word. Give Nick 10 bucks. Cha-ching! ching <laughs> I wonder what the etymology of etymology is. Where did that come from? Uh, those are those little green pea-looking things, edadamis. I love them. Those are delicious, especially <laughs> with a little bit of garlic. mm Thomas More in 1534 wrote about this in the Dialogue of Comfort Against Tribulation. Yeah, okay, whatever. The idiom, grasping at straws, refers to a drowning man grasping for anything, even a straw, to save his life
1: that's almost as bad as the graveyard shift. <laughs> oh. The graveyard shift.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: that's the late night shift. We spoke about bells in coffins. Do you remember we spoke about uh, the saying saved by the bell? Not the TV yeah. show.
0: Yeah, not the TV yeah, show. Because,
1: right, because years ago people died and they really, they thought they died, but they really didn't. They were kind of in a coma or something. Mm -hmm. So next thing you know, they wake up, they're inside of the coffin. They start banging like crazy. So they installed these little bells, these little strings with a little hole through it, Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't cover the grave with dirt for a couple of days so that they'd give them a chance if they were alive to ring the bell (laughs) kind of freaky, right? Yeah. But they needed people to listen for the bell. And those people would work all night long sitting by the open graves. And it was called the graveyard shift.
0: Listening for the bells. Listening for the bells. So saved by the bell. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? Those people who worked the graveyard shift, <laughs> mm. you know what what sound they made when they heard the bell ring? Screech.
1: <laughs> oh, now, no. for, the,
0: <laughs> <laughs> for the past little while i don't think i ever watched that show neither either. did i but and those i of, knew
1: that yeah oh.
0: for those of you who don't get that reference that's your problem no look it up saved no, by the bell no, uh, don't look it up one of the main characters was screech <laughs> so we've all been under quarantine the word quarantine now you're oh. thinking we've heard of it ad nauseum but where did it come from what does it mean the word quarantine comes from the venetian dialect of of Italian, and the words Quaranta giorni, which translates to 40 days. This is because when it was discovered that the ships were infested with plague-carrying rats, they were made to sit at anchor outside Venice's city walls for 40 days before coming on shore. Quarantine, Quaranta giorni, 40 days. That's
1: pretty cool. Yeah. That's really good. And I guess those people were caught (laughs) red-handed caught red-handed nice poaching you know stealing something well actually stealing someone's animal that's where the saying starts to come from the best way was to butcher it so if you stole somebody's um you know goat you took it home quickly and you cut it up so that there was no evidence you just put the cook the meat up you know mm-hmm. so if they literally started looking for the animal very quickly the person butchering it might have blood all over their hands which is another saying you've got blood on your hands caught red-handed you've got blood on your hands they both come from poaching someone else's livestock
0: Mm-mm. gotcha <laughs> how about the elephant in the room is an mm-hmm. american and it doesn't mean because someone really really fat walked in no 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 that's terrible. So man. don't look at me that way. The <laughs> elephant in the room. Not we Not that we would imply something like that. No, not at all. No. No. But, but the elephant in the room is talking about it. It's an American phrase with murky origins, very much like this program. Uh, the mm. first <laughs> reference being in 1935 to mean something obvious. And in the 1950s, the elephant in the room came to mean what it means today. Something enormous that people choose to ignore because it is uncomfortable to deal with.
1: So it had nothing to do with a fat pig standing in the corner. Not <laughs> that we would say something like that, but others might.
0: Yeah, I'm I, I see that the sensitivity training uh really suited you really well.
1: Hey, you well,
0: I can bring up what other
1: people might say, but not what I would say or you, of course. Never. Never, <laughs> never.
0: Not <laughs> <That> at all. <laughs>
1: Holy mackerel, Nick, that was a, a really big, big expression that you that you just discussed, and that was more than I could shake a stick at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say holy mackerel, but okay, go on. Yes, more than I can no, shake a stick at.
1: No, but that's a good one. Uh, more than I could shake a stick at. Farmers would shake their long staffs to their herds of sheep. They'd have that big, long staff, and they would shake them in the direction or point them in the direction and then shake the stick so that the sheep would know which way to go. They would use that stick to direct the sheep. But if there were too many sheep, they weren't able to get the attention of the sheep by shaking the stick, and thus they had more sheep than they could shake a stick at. That is mm.
0: wild, yes. And of course, when, when uh, the, uh, the shepherd hit the, the sheep with the uh, stick, it was a staff meeting.
1: Yeah, if they beat the hell out of a, a, a harmless sheep, not that we would do anything like that. Never know. Others might.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, Peter. <laughs> yeah, well, a little schmear of hummus. Delicious. Boy,
1: I had a euro the other day on a pita. No, no, <laughs>
0: uh, How about tightening your belt? Yeah, actually. Did you? How about tightening your belt? To tighten your belt means to sacrifice or lower your standard of living because you have less money than you did before. This saying comes from the Depression era where there was little money for anything, including food. So people had to tighten their belts in order to keep their pants from falling. If you have less money, you will buy less food, eat less, lose weight, and have to tighten your belt.
1: Right, because you couldn't afford to buy new pants Right. So just tighten your belt instead of bitching about the pants.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, you just bought the wrong size. It's like when when um when someone's wife might say, "Do I look fat in this dress?" No, you bought the wrong size, honey.
1: Right. And and the um, famous Chinese author um, Confucius said, uh, "Man with no belt have full moon." <laughs> <laughs>
0: An old Chinese proverb, yeah. An old Chinese proverb, not yeah. that
1: we're discussing uh, Chinese people because we wouldn't do something like that. <laughs> no, we
0: wouldn't. <laughs> not at all.
1: How's that sensitivity training going? Really good. Okay, chicken farmers, not to imply that they're scared or anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very
1: good. All right, chicken farmers generally sold most of their chickens in the spring. But some chickens they saved and they got older and larger and would be sold in the fall and winter. Farmers would get less for them because they were big, fat, old chickens. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And we (laughs) would never
0: talk about big, old, fat chickens.
1: People would say, I'm not giving you the same amount of money. That's no spring chicken ah no spring Mm. chicken lovely i
0: love what you did there excellent
1: yes did you like that and of course when i said chicken farmers i again did not imply that they were scared of anything you're listening
0: to totally useless information with nick and roy
1: down the garden path with nick and roy not lovely Mm. it puts you into into it sounds
0: high (laughs) <laughs> uh, she did record it at the top of a mountain. You're absolutely right. Isn't marijuana legal in Canada, now? It has been for a few years now, yeah? yeah. How do you know that? <laughs> Someone told me. <laughs> they spoke really slowly. The giant tomato, the world record for the heaviest tomato ever grown, was 3.5 kilograms or 7 pounds 12 ounces, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. It was grown by G. Graham of... Edmond, Oklahoma, in 1986. And to put this into perspective, if seven pounds, 12 ounces sounds really familiar, that tomato weighed about the same as an average newborn child.
1: Did you say a tomato? I said tomato. Tomato. Let's go the whole thing enough. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. that I sang that like a gay man no there would be thing no. wrong with that we would never
0: do <laughs> never do a thing like that never would no, uh-uh. you know
1: that I was like lad's call the whole thing off <laughs> my word <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woo. Woo is right <laughs> politically correct show yeah sensitivity <laughs> training 101 hey you big fat man in the back What what's your problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, like
1: what would you do for sensitivity training instead of saying, "Hey, you, you big fat slob in the back there"? <laughs> yes. Say like, "Excuse me, um, a weightly challenged person."
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you and gravity seem to be seem to go eye to eye.
1: Would you mind not blocking the sun any longer? <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, you're
0: saying, come on, the entire Earth. Now you're really going down the garden path.
1: <laughs> okay, here's mine. Point is not point setters, right? Because a lot of people say point setters. Wrong. Point is Yes. Is native to Mexico, not to the United States. It was brought to the U.S. in 1825 by the U.S. minister to Mexico. His name was Joel Ponsett, and the plant was later named for him. Joel loved this plant so much. Later, the plant in the United States was named after Joel and it became known as the Poinsettia from Mr. Joel Ponsett.
0: Right. And uh, it's usually given around Christmas time, and uh, you should always keep it in the dark.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Very much like Nick. In the dark,
0: <laughs> yes. Now, speaking of plants, plants really do respond to sound. Mm. In a study, did con- you see how my voice went really high? There. I was so excited even- about how? it. How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roy and I have been friends since high school. Apparently, I'm still in high school. In the study <laughs> conducted by the Royal Horticultural Society, research demonstrated that plants did respond to human voices. In mm. this study, there were ten tomato plants, eight of which had headphones placed around their pots. Over the course of one month, the plant
1: study done in Oklahoma.
0: No, it wasn't. (laughs) That's why it was a big giant tomato. The plants would be read scientific and literary texts by both male and female voices every day. By the end of the month, the results concluded that plants who were read to grew more than the plants that were not read to. Additionally, the results revealed that the plants who listened to the female voices grew one inch more than those who listened to the male voice. That's
1: probably that maternal thing, you know? Yeah, probably. I thought you were going to say a month after the study, they had ketchup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, did. they did. They read it really fast. I had to catch up on the readings. Yeah. I, I wonder what would happen if they, if they, um, instead of the humans talking to the plants, if they fed these plants totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Oh, my God. We'd have cherry tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> To throw at their device. The
1: plant would shrivel up and die, and there'd be one little cherry. There'd be one tomato the size of a raisin.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very good.
1: The flower of the Titan Arum, A-R-U-M. Titan Arum okay. plant is the largest flowering plant in the world. The Titan Arum. It can reach 15 feet high. Oh. That's 15 feet. That's high. That's like past the roof line of a one-story house. Mm. The bloom produces a smell much like rotting meat. Lovely. Okay, can you believe this? Thus, the nickname of the plant is the corpse flower because it smells like a rotting body. They believe that part of the smell is because they are pollinated by flies in Sumantra, Africa. And the flies must sit in the dung and maybe drop off a little larvae. And so, of course, you know, maggots and stinky, disgusting smell and, you know, so. But anyway, mm. the Titan, Arum plant has a it's the largest plant in the world and it has a flower that stinks
0: like rotting meat. Lovely. <laughs> Leave me alone. Herbs and spices from plants come from two different places. Herbs or herbs are the leaves of the plant, while spices come from the roots, bark, and seeds. Especially that any part of the plant that is not a leaf can be used for seasoning would fall into the spice category. So if it's a herb, it comes from the plant. If it's a spice, it comes from the roots, bark, or the seeds.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. Do you know what May 1st is in France? No. No. Not that I care very much, because you know how I feel about the French. Oh, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with the French. We would never do
0: a thing like that, no. Some
1: people would find them to be horrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some, but not all. Especially the big fat man in the back of the room. (laughs) The fat slob in
1: the corner. He's probably French. May 1st is Lafitte du Morgant. Lafitte. Dumagan translates into what in English or or maybe Dumagol okay Lafitte Dumagol because you can never trust the way French people speak no 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 let's (laughs) translate that to English shall we okay it's called French fries no No. it's called the festival of the lily oh okay the festival of the lily of the valley and the festival requires that you bring a bouquet kind of like, I guess we have Valentine's day where you bring roses home. That's right. like kind of a staple thing to do on Valentine's day. Yeah. On Lafitte du Magot, the festival of of Valley, you must bring home a bouquet of the Lily of the Valley to your loved one.
0: Isn't that lovely. Now, mm-hmm. when you said the first of May, I thought you and I on occasion will have the same fact, but it's not. On the first Saturday of every May, something happens around the world. I'll explain what that is. Okay. But let me get to my gardening tip. The bare bottom test is a method that gardeners would use to see if soil temperatures were warm enough to sow seeds. In order for you to determine the right soil temperature to sow your seeds, Hmm? you would simply pull down your pants and you would sit the bare bottom on the soil. And if the soil is warm enough to sit on... It should be warm enough to plant
1: you would think that you know after a year or so of figuring out how it felt you'd feel it with your hand and then <laughs> be able to
0: do that in the future no no no. No no, no 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 it's the sensitivity of your bottom that determines the right temperature if you're mm. able, if the soil is warm enough for you to sit on it's okay now for the for the sanity of your neighbors it is not recommended as a common practice. Mm-hmm. By the way, most seed soil temperatures should be between 15 and 20 degrees Celsius or 60 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, which yes. could easily be measured with a meat thermometer.
1: A meat thermometer. I, I had a friend, his name was Farmer uh, Ball. <laughs> you <really laughs> <could> call him Farmer <laughs> Balls. He tried that test and had a bit of shrinkage.
0: <laughs> yes. <What laughs> if I, you know
1: what I mean. What I want to know
0: is... <laughs> Where would you stick the meat thermometer?
1: balls shrinkage.
0: What I want to know is where would you stick the meat thermometer to check the temperature? So World Naked Gardening Day is celebrated on the first Saturday of May.
1: Oh, so everybody gets naked. That's right. Any excuse to get naked,
0: right? Right, exactly. And the purpose of it is to promote harmony and peace with nature. And dirty asses. <laughs> <laughs>
1: meaning donkeys of that's course. right yes exactly uh, not that i would speak of a body part like that Never. although some would
0: <laughs> depends on who okay. you ask
1: strawberries mm-hmm. are the only fruit that bears its seeds on the outside of the fruit so you mean their seeds are exposed just like those women in may <laughs> <laughs> wow and some men some men yeah <laughs> the men are usually sitting on the ground first before the women get there
0: <laughs> is that lovely well, lap dance may but anyway yeah.
1: <laughs> but a strawberry think about it
0: you ever look at a strawberry and all the little things on it yeah and they usually get stuck in my teeth The little bugs.
1: those little teeth stickers are seeds So if you leave them there, they'll grow in your mouth. No, those things are seeds and they're on the outside. They're the only fruit that instead of like, you know, having to core an apple or to take the pit out of a plum, their seeds are on the outside. And there's approximately 200
0: seeds per strawberry. I'll count them then probably in my teeth. (laughs) just smile just smile there you go you know count nick seeds you know how many (laughs) i said pardon so you're listening to totally Uses information with nick and roy and if you'd like to send us an email and many of you have and we thank you for that throughout season four this is our last episode for season four and wait till you hear what's coming up in season five lots of exciting stuff but in the meantime go to our website and send us an email go to contact us what's our website you ask NickAndRoy.com? NickAndRoy.com. What's in the mail bag?
1: What's in the mail? Yeah, I went to that first Saturday thing one time and bumped into an old girlfriend. No, literally bumped into her.
0: Yeah, (laughs) And now she's pregnant. That was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, her seeds are on the inside. I got a little dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you did. So what's in your
1: mailbag today? Okay, Greta. Okay, from... I I love this one. This one's really tough. Rothenberg Uber der Taube. Okay, her name is Greta, and she's from Rothenberg. Let me say it the way I should. Rothenberg und Uber Taube und Bavaria. Yes. Well, Greta, I got news for you. You live in the town, Uba, Ta- Tauba, mm-hmm. Bavaria, which is very, very close to where my grandmother lived in Mannheim. Ah. So you guys are pretty close to each other. She was born in Bavaria, Black Forest area and of Germany. And she, this woman, Greta, says, quote, unquote, love your show, you men's just like my grandmother would have said it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, are so, funny. <laughs> you are so funny she probably said it like your man's is so funny when you make me laugh <laughs> i just thought it was really interesting that that greta was born very close to where my grandmother was born in Mannheim, germany so that's why I put it on, because Greta had absolutely nothing. She said nothing other than that she loves us, and we mans are right. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Greta, Donka, Donka
0: Shane. Donka Shane. <laughs> Donka Shane, <Yeah. laughs> darling,
1: Donka Shane.
0: Beautiful. Will you,
1: will you dress? Yeah, Greta, Roy does Yeah.
0: If you're in the southwest part of Florida anytime soon, and we encourage you to go there as soon as you can, and you want to find out where Roy is performing, check out our website. It's nickandroy.com. And now for something completely useless. You ever noticed on the advertisements where they have watches and clocks, right? They have advertisements mm-hmm. and, okay. You notice right. what, do you notice what time it is on each one of those timepieces? No. 10 10. What? according to the new york times the main reason is quite simple and obvious it's aesthetics there are a number of visual advantages to having the hand set at 10 10. so it, you know the small hand is on the 10 and the big hands on the two one is that the hands are kept from overlapping having them on both sides of the watch face ensures that the hands themselves are visible and can be appreciated, the ten ten position is symmetrical, and the human brain tends to appreciate symmetry and orderliness. Mm. Another, of it's a V shape, which is the feminine. Well, another reason is ten ten looks happy due to the fact that the hands look like a smile or a V for victory. There you go. And another mm-hmm. reason is that the logo of the manufacturer is usually found under the twelve. So logos found under the twelve are nicely framed between the ten. Ten hands.
1: So the logos are fixed over the twelve. On um, well, yes. the hands are at ten, positioned 10. at ten and two. That's right.
0: 10, ten. Wow.
1: See, that is cool, folks. Write that one down. Tell your friends about that one, because Nick's probably lying.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. And it, sounds uh, great. And you know, and it it really has no coincidence whatsoever that I work at a radio station right now. That's ten ten.
1: And and look, news in New York is ten ten too. So, do you think it has something to do with the ten ten? No. Is that some sort of Masonic
0: conspiracy
1: we've we uncovered? No Nick?
0: idea. All I know that we did cover. We, we covered... need to call Grata in We covered expressions. We covered gardening. It's time for the news. And
1: now, from around the corner Hello. and around Grata. the world, this is TU.
0: A couple of items from um, I don't know sibling rivalry. A brotherly argument over some chicken turned violent when a Florida man allegedly threw a knife at his sibling, according what? to cops who in say Florida the in Florida again. In Florida, yep. The airborne. Nick does he, this. Nick gets. <laughs> crazy yeah, I check. I I, I I what I do is when I search for, for news from around the world, I find out what 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 happened in Florida. Yeah. Uh, so the cops say that the airborne weapon got stuck in the victim's right leg. Mas- Messiah Harris Smith, 19, is facing a felony aggravated battery charge in connection. What's his name? Messiah Harris Smith. He's 19 years old. <laughs> He's
1: so. got three names, but go
0: ahead. Yeah, that's right. Hey, the Messiah came. Uh, so yeah. he was charged with felony aggravated battery charge, mm-hmm. unless it's his phone. In connection with the incident at the at the family's Saint Petersburg residence, so it's in Saint Petersburg, Florida. The, the Messiah, who,
1: Messiah lives in St. Pete?
0: That's right. He does. <laughs> the victim who Could told... Can you imagine the
1: people who, during St. Pete's time? Yeah. Probably pointed at him and said,
0: The Messiah There's lives the Messiah's there. <laughs> <Pete."> <laughs> hey, the Messiah came back from the story. Uh, the victim who told police he did not want his brother prosecuted will need to receive stitches. Mm. Harris Smith, who was pleaded not guilty, was released from prison on his own recognizance. Harris Smith was arrested earlier this year for allegedly pushing and threatening to kill his mother during an argument in their home. Was it over chicken? Because this guy likes chicken. <laughs> That's right, he <it> does. <laughs> this was over a piece of fried chicken. That's right. It was different. <laughs> Our second news item from Newsom Around the World from Florida. A Florida woman is facing a domestic battery charge. Oh, at- okay, Florida. <laughs> okay, hold on. After allegedly pelting her boyfriend in the face and chest with a plate of chicken.
1: Yes. So let me just explain to you folks. Yes. If you come to Florida, don't mess with people's
0: chicken. No, not (laughs) at all. Investigators charged that Jennifer Booth, 43, struck the 56-year-old victim with chicken while the couple was eating on the porch of their home. Booth's companion who cooked dinner. Usually we don't have porches. We have lanais. Okay, on the lanai. Booth's, (laughs) Booth's companion who cooked dinner, by the way, was not injured by the poultry projectile.
1: That's, told, yeah, that's hard to say. That's right. Go ahead. He
0: told police that Booth became violent during a verbal argument and picked up the paper plate of chicken. Not even refined China. It was a paper plate of chicken and threw it in my face.
1: I'm kind of like a, a breast man myself, so.
0: <laughs> no, you're more like an ass man.
1: What do you think is more volatile? The pointy wing, the leg, or the breast? Maybe. But go ahead. After go ahead. the
0: man called 911, Booth was arrested and booked at the Manatee County Jail on the misdemeanor rap. Mm -hmm. and was later released on $500 bond. Booth, who works at the Lakewood Hospital, has three prior arrests. Booth and the victim share a surname. So wait a
1: second. So in 2015, he had a domestic violence charge. Was that also with a chicken or was it, you know, with maybe a pork chop?
0: The court documents were not released. (laughs) This guy's got some food problems. He does. Now, while Booth and the victim share a surname, a a pretrial service report lists the marital status as single. while an arrest report identifies the victim as her boyfriend. Who wouldn't miss that catch? She was Mm -hmm. single, throwing chicken at people.
1: Yeah, well, he would go to jail for an injured thigh, and he (laughs) was like, I don't care what happened to my girlfriend, but that chicken thigh got injured. (laughs) 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 So this guy really loved the two of them, Messiah and this crazy you-know-what. Yeah. This crazy son of a gun. They love their chicken here in Florida. You don't mess with chicken. No, they don't. Not in Florida. No.
0: Well... This is it. This is the end. As we wind down season four, we want to thank each and every one of you for listening and supporting us over the past four seasons. We're already working on season five, and it's coming soon. We're all excited to tell you that we will be launching the Totally Useless Information Summer Series starting on August the 12th, and your favorite episodes will be dropping by for you to enjoy. So in the meantime... You go to NickAndRoy.com,
1: www.NickAndRoy.com. You can listen to all the back episodes, some 70, 80 episodes. You can you can go with the progression of the show, and this way you get ready for season five coming up. You'll be hearing us on the radio, on the Jeff Samich Show. We are all over the place. This show's on fire, folks, and it's not because of us. It's because of you. And we do thank you so much for listening. And please tell a friend. Tell a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm
0: Roy. Thanks for listening and see you in Season 5. Thanks, guys.
1: Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.